Hello, everyone, and welcome to this backlog breakdown, bite-size extravaganza of awesomeness. I am Wes, and that means I'm neither Nate nor Josh, obviously, but they asked me to go ahead and come on to do a little bite-size episode, kind of just, you know, filling out the back catalog, basically, of awesome games to talk about. And I was really not sure what I wanted to talk about today because... I have a lot going on with the Dragon Quest series right now and playing through that whole thing, but I decided, you know what, let's go back to one of my top five favorite games of all time, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about a game that you may have missed, but you probably should not miss because it is fantastic, and that is Mega Man Legends. Now, you might have heard of, you know, various Mega Man games and spinoffs over the years, and you're thinking like, oh man, I don't want to play another Mega Man game. There are so many out there. What in the world am I going to do with another Mega Man game? It's available for like every single platform. You got your mobile games, you got your uh, portable games, you got the spinoffs, the Battle Network Star Force, all that sort of thing. And you're just like so confused by this Mega Man franchise. But let me focus in on this game in particular because there's something really special and historically significant about this game when it comes to like the development of video games, period, honestly. And, and I feel like it was really impactful, but not a lot of people remember it for this reason. So. I'm going to go ahead and talk about that today. So my history with this game is, you know, a fairly simple one. I have been a huge Mega Man fan all of my life. I played as many of the Nintendo games as we had back in the day. I played Mega Man X on the Super Nintendo when that was going on, and that was just like my bread and butter, basically. I love that game so, so much. And when my brothers and I finally, finally, finally were able to get like a blockbuster account via our parents due to the fact that, you know, my parents were scared of credit cards for a while. So I think blockbuster required that you had a credit card or something to make an account with them. So we never had a blockbuster account. But when they finally relented and got a blockbuster account, it was pretty magical. And this entire like section of video games really opened up to us because the other video game rental stores in town did not have quite the selection that blockbuster did at the time. So we went there one day and we decided we're going to get two games, two games tonight. And we decided they're both going to be Mega Man games because we just recently had gotten like a PlayStation 1 and we wanted to play Mega Man on it because Mega Man is a fantastic series. And we decided on Mega Man 8 for the PS1 and Mega Man Legends. Now, initially, I was way more excited about Mega Man 8 because obviously it's like side scrolling Mega Man and it had cool like anime cutscenes. And this is when, you know, Digimon and Pokemon are super popular and that's what I'm watching and anime is the coolest thing in the world obviously. But I decided, you know what, this Mega Man Legends game also looks kind of good, but it looks a little bit complicated for me. At this point in my life, I hadn't really played any like three dimensional games at really because I'm just like, whoa, this is like totally out of my comfort zone. I'm used to side scrolling, jump and shoot, man. But I decided to watch my brother play for quite a bit. And through the whole tutorial section and getting to the island that you're that the whole story takes place in, I was just like blown away completely, just blown away by the presentation and the action and everything in between. The voice acting was beautiful. Uh, I hadn't I, I don't know when Metal Gear Solid like came out in relation to this game, but it it, it had all the voice acting that you could possibly want. And it, it was very much similar in that vein. And so some of the game details that you probably want to know about because, hey, you're finding this really interesting. Uh, it was released on the PlayStation 1 in December 1997 in Japan and August 1998 in the US. And that makes kind of sense because we we're probably like going right back to school when the game came out and looking for something to play because those really nice like 
blazingly hot August nights in northern Idaho that we grew up in. It was it was something, let me tell you. Uh, it is an action adventure, but also like a third-person shooter game. So, you know, you're following Mega Man around, and you're just actively shooting. Like, there's no... It's not like an RPG in that sense where it's like turn-based. It's also kind of a role-playing game, though, too, at the same time, because you're really, like, taking on quests from different town members and whatnot, and you are leveling up, in a sense, by uh, taking parts for your Mega Buster and upgrading it in certain ways, so... It was kind of an RPG, and you, yeah, you're also gaining like health as you go on, little health tanks for your health <laughs> as it is. So it, it was very much a role playing game in that sense, a shorter one, but it, it, I would argue for it. Um, it had some ports over to the Nintendo 64 and the PC. I played the 64 version, not the PC version, but I heard they were both lackluster, so that's not the route I would recommend that you go. It had a prequel that came out later called The Misadventures of Tron Bon, which is a totally different game following the villains of the franchise before they meet Mega Man, and a sequel, which is Legend 2, which is also really cool in that you could travel to a bunch of different islands instead of staying on the same one the entire game. And it was, of course, produced by Keiji Inafune, and while there's a lot, you know, negative said about him today and Mighty Number no. 9 and all that, he still had, you know, a pretty good influence on the gaming world as it is. So the basic story of this game is you play as a digger named Mega Man Volnut. Uh, diggers are uh, is basically a job that people have in this world who go into ruins to collect scrap and items and these giant jewel things called quantum refractors that provide the energy for all the cities that they have. Um, the whole earth is covered in endless water, quote end quote, because that's how the little story, I don't know, piece at the beginning, the little cinematic at the beginning before you start the game talks about the island and it has this awesome, awesome little monologue about this new world and what the diggers do and basically setting up the entire like mythology of this world. And it was really cool. Uh, but throughout all this endless water, there are little pockets of islands that you can visit in Legends too. But the main one that you're focused on in this game is Catalog's Island. That's where the whole game takes place. And while it looks like, oh, man, you're taking place on one little island, that's kind of, eh, that seems kind of small scale. But while it is small scale, the entire thing is connected with different ruins and dungeons and underground areas. And there's this entire like nice overworld area and everything is interconnected. You can get from one end of the island to the other through various means. And it's really, really neat in that way. Everything's connected. The entire island feels like its own person with all its secrets and whatnot and like personal history. You fight against uh, a bunch of like different robots and stuff in the ruins who have clearly been there for a while. And there's a you know, really interesting story reason for why that is, but I'm not going to get into spoilers too much. But the main group that you're fighting against throughout the game is the Bond family. There are a couple different members of the Bond family, and they are kind of bumbling, kind of Team Rocket-ish in that sense. But there is something more sinister going on on this island in, in the ruins underneath. And you are uncovering parts of the different story as you are fighting this family. And it's really interesting in that way. And it's it's hard, too. It's definitely hard. Um, it kind of sort of fits into a Mega Man timeline. Uh, I don't know if anybody like follows any timeline stuff for Mega Man specifically, but everything kind of sort of almost everything kind of works in this timeline that fans have made up. I don't think there's ever been like an official timeline unless there's something in like a Japanese guidebook that I don't know about, but it kind of sort of fits in and it's really interesting in how it fits in, but there's not a whole lot I can say except, you know, spoiling it, but it, it's kind of the one that takes place the furthest out it's not as confusing as a Zelda timeline, like I said, but it's a little bit, 
forced in some ways. The notable elements of this game upon its release was that it, it is a third-person shooter and action-adventure game, so it's very fun to run and, and gun around and just, you know, wildly shoot things, and the, the, no, the combat's not stopped at any point, like, where you have to, like, bring up menus or anything. You can just do whatever you need to do. One of the most important parts about this game is definitely, definitely the uh, auto lock-on. Now, you can hold down a button to lock onto the nearest enemy, but then you're kind of stuck in place as you're like shooting that enemy with your Mega Buster. But it, there is this feature added. It, it's a completely like invisible feature because they don't really tell you about it, but it auto locks on as long as you're shooting near an enemy. So if you are near an enemy, you don't necessarily have to do a hard lock-on. It's kind of a soft lock-on, I guess. And your uh, Mega Buster will automatically shoot that nearest enemy and that is such a blessing especially when you're fighting bosses and trying to run around them and using that really cool like freely rotating camera yeah you have a free rotating camera here that you control and you can just zoom all around the character and keep it uh your little soft lock on on the boss and it is such a nice like combat feature it feels good the, the combat just feels really good in this game like it they really like basically captured that fast-paced action of Mega Man as perfectly as you could do in 3D space, especially for the time of this game's release. And with all, like, the extra, like, auxiliary weapons you can get, it's not similar to the, you know, older-style Mega Man games where you get a specific weapon from a boss and add that to your arsenal, but you do find different items throughout the game and get them developed by your buddy Roll and Data, the monkey, and all that, and your uh, Professor Grandpa guy. <laughs> the cast of characters is really quirky and nice. But you do earn weapons over time that help you. But your Mega Buster is basically like, that's the thing that you keep. And it's it, it just feels good. The combat just feels really nice and satisfying. You see the life bar of the enemy up at the top. And you can uh, take your own little energy tanks with you. It's very similar in that regard to old Mega Man, but just transferred to a 3D setting. And I really enjoy it for that aspect. And you don't really see this. No other, except for like Mega Man X and whatnot, no other Mega Man section of the series like really captures 3d space all that well and it very well very well was ahead of its time to be perfectly honest and you can even see that with the extensive voice acting they have throughout the game and there's even facial animations for main characters that actually well at least for the main characters not necessarily for all the supplemental characters for the supplemental characters they'll talk but their mouths won't really move or anything but for like Mega Man and roll and uh, the grandpa, they actually like do have like moving mouths and you can actually see, oh, and the enemy group too. They, they definitely like react and it, the voice acting is just so deliciously like nineties anime voice acting. It's fantastic in that regard. Is it necessarily good? No, but it is over the top and cheesy and it's everything that an anime type game really needs to be perfectly honest. It's really interesting to me. And this is one of those first games, like, you know, side note here that really taught me that Video games can tell their own story. They don't need, like, cutscenes specifically. That's what was coming out in the PS1 era. And I hadn't really played a whole lot of RPGs before this. So seeing this game just really tell me a story presented in such a beautifully vibrant visual format, that was a first for me. Uh, you know, I saw the anime cutscenes in Mega Man 8, and that was great. But the actual gameplay, you don't see much story going on. But this has story interwoven with combat. Uh, characters will talk over different uh, combat scenes. So while you're fighting, they'll they'll talk to you, they'll banter with you. It felt like a really like fleshed out story, and that's really just just great to see. 
and the exploration like this was like a totally like free roaming game some things were you know well quite a bit of things were like locked off to you just due to the fact that there's no way you can handle some of the harder aspects of it but the entire island is like freely explorable and you can take a break at any time and just go explore the ruins and like i mentioned they are like interconnected so you can find routes that you didn't even know existed that go to different places within the town and it was really like ahead of its time in that way kind of like a sandboxy type game because you could just go do these things and there's so many like different little quests and mini games that you could do so you were encouraged to go explore around and talk to everybody and that was very much rewarded for you when you wanted to get like specific parts for items that you wanted role to develop and energy tanks and anything that you needed and i would also even add into this there was a morality system so if you were just kind of a jerk uh kicking cans in the uh main shopping area kicking dogs you know if you did some real jerk things your armor would go gradually darker and darker and darker and the townspeople would start not to like you and they would even like raise the items at the shops and you really couldn't like make a good connection with these people so it was kind of a pain if you were doing like bad things it would actually reflect in the gameplay and if you were doing exceptionally good things like helping the police station and the hospital and everything by donating money to them to be rebuilt after the pirates attack it actually like turned your uh, armor lighter 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 so i, I believe the uh, weapons and items that you get are even uh, discounted and people are just really happy to see you and they say good things so the game really changed depending on how you played as Mega Man. and if you wanted to be a jerk you could be a total jerk <laughs> and if you wanted to steal money from the police you could do that it, it, they, they just let you do that and it was kind of ahead of its time in that way so the the general reactions to this game when it came out were pretty positive it, but it became more of a cult classic honestly like people remembered it but it wasn't considered like the paragon of PlayStation 1 gaming. Uh, but there was a huge following behind it, so much so that they made the prequel and the sequel and all that. Uh, unfortunately, Legends 3 was in the works after a terrible, horrible, really frustrating cliffhanger ending happening at the end of Legends 2. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you probably already know a little bit about it. And then they decided to like really not necessarily crowdfund, but crowdsource, I guess, the development of Legends 3 and being really transparent about that. And they were going to make it on the 3DS and the 3DS was a hot thing. And it just looked like it really would have worked as a good system for that game. And they had so many people like with their input, the fans, all that. They were being so cool about Mega Man Legends 3. And it's just like, oh my goodness, are they going to finally like resolve the story that's been going on and tell you what you need to know and really help you fit this game into the timeline? And oh, it was really, really interesting. But then they scrapped it just like unceremoniously one day they said yeah we're not working on Mega Man Legends 3 anymore so the story right now is unfinished you have a cliffhanger ending at the end of Legends 2 and they haven't done anything to resolve that and that is kind of really a big bummer <laughs> to be perfectly honest so there's no like foreseeable definitive end in sight for this game people can theorize what's going to happen but it's one of those games that's just left on a cliffhanger and it's really, really frustrating. <laughs> but anyway, going back to just Mega Man Legends 1 as an entity, it itself has a really good contained story. So you can play Mega Man Legends 1 and not feel like you're missing out by not playing the other games. They just kind of supplement it a little bit. And the gameplay in Mega Man Legends 2 is better in that regard because they had access, I believe, to the DualShock controls at that point so that you could really do well with your 
free moving camera and all that. But Mega Man Legends 1 just holds a really, really like special place in my heart. And it's it's a game that I could go back to like instantly and I can get I, I could probably beat it in eight to ten hours, like hardly trying at all. I mean, just a couple months ago, my brother and I sat down to play it when I was visiting him and I just blasted through like the introduction, the first like three or four bosses, like with hardly doing anything. It was basically my own version of speedrun within an hour and a half. And I had like 30 to 40% of the game already complete at that point. So it was pretty fun. And I, I felt, you know, pretty proud of myself for having all the memory. And I could quote every single line for those first couple hours. And it was just a really good, like nostalgic trip for me. So as far as availability for getting Mega Man Legends, it's really hard to get like an original PS1 copy for a decent price. You're looking honestly between the 50 to $100 range. At least that's what it was last time I looked. So getting like an original PS1 copy, probably not that great. But thankfully, the uh, PlayStation Store has it as a PlayStation 1 classic. So you can that that is really the best route to take for that. You can get it on the Vita or well, I mean, you can buy it as a PS1 Classic and play it on the Vita, the PSP, the PS3, and all that. And I, I think I, I don't know if PS4 has any PlayStation One Classic support, but I imagine that would be a good idea for them to do if they don't do it. But you can get this pretty easily. I really, really wish it were available on some other systems. I'm sure you can get whatever the PS the PC port, and I'm sure people have modded it in some way, shape, or form to make it even better. Maybe even some like higher definition graphics. I don't know. But it you can get this game pretty easily and it's like seven, eight dollars and it usually goes on sale for two to three dollars during any other flash sales. They really like try to get you to buy this game. So you should definitely do so. I have tried it on the Vita and it's totally functional. Uh, the L2, R2 thing's a little bit difficult to figure out, to be perfectly honest, but you you can you can get through it. So that is Mega Man Legends in a nutshell. It is a cult classic. It's one of my favorite games of all time in my top five. Like, I I, I won't ever budge on that. I don't think I could ever <laughs> say it's not one of the most important and shaping, like, influential games in my life that shaped my outlook on video games for, you know, the rest of my life. So you should definitely check that out. It It, it does have some, like, you know, dated things about it. It's a little bit clunky here and there, and... The platforming, like jumping from platform to platform in a 3D space is not easy, <laughs> definitely not easy. And there are platforms that you think you should get on that you really can't. It, it can get easy. To, it can be pretty easy to get stuck in this game. So definitely like consult a guide, watch a little video walkthrough on YouTube if you need to. But ultimately, I think you'll enjoy it. It's like all the 90s anime cheese that you, you know, remember about the 90s that you're nostalgic about. But it's also underneath, it's it's a very well-layered game. And I think that if people gave it more of a chance, we would definitely like, they, they would definitely find it to be an interesting and intriguing and engaging game. So anyway, that's me. I'm Wes. I am the Henshin Dad. You can find me on my little podcast where I talk about tokusatsu and stuff. I've been on this uh, podcast before, so you probably already have that information. But if you want to reach me on Twitter, you may do so. I am Henshin Dad, H-E-N-S-H-I-N-D-A-D on Twitter. So hit me up there. Hit me up in the backlog group. I just passed 50 games beaten for the year of 2019. And I am just like, how in the world did I make time for that? I don't, I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, thank you for listening. And remember to keep, uh, I, think, I think you beat down your backlogs. You break down the benefits. 
you have some backlogs and finances somewhere in there, and I am going to talk later to you about something, maybe. All right, you have a great day. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.